0: Um, I think it's Minster. Over your Bibles tonight, Philippians chapter 2. We'll begin with verse 25. Good services this morning, and uh, appreciate uh, so much your encouragement uh, to the Breed Loves, your encouragement to Zeke and his family. It's great to see them here tonight. Uh, lift them up in prayer, put them to work. Uh, several people, uh, coming up to me saying, hey, ready to go to work. That's a great song. I don't know who picked that out. Just, I mean, it kind of floated through the, the men and we picked out or whoever did it. Uh, I want to be a soul winner for Jesus. Well, that's every pastor's dream. <laughs> that's every pastor's dream. Say, oh, my church, they want to be soul winners for the Lord. And that's, Every pastor and missionary's dream that the congregation says, I want to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Uh, so if you sang that song, I hope you weren't lying, okay? And, uh, so I hope you, that's your burden that you'd like to tell somebody about Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 25. Yet I supposed it necessary "...to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, and companion, in labor, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants." Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for allowing us to read your word. Thank you for blessing our church. May we never take it for granted. Uh, continue to bless Brother Joel and our, all of our missionaries bless their families in Jesus' name, Amen. It is great to have Brother Joel with us. He did drive down from uh, North Little Rock and went to Faith this morning. He's got uh, sporadic appointments through the month of November uh, at Eldreda, and then later on at State Line. If you don't know where that is, that's where you, there's the whole State Line everywhere. But as a particular church. Uh, over there near Taylor, Arkansas. And, uh, if you know where that is. So one of our ABA churches over there. Matter of fact, the pastor there is who performed Mine and Karen's wedding. Uh, Bill Pickard, which many of you know him, been here. That's Brother Jeff's, uh, father-in-law who is pastor here. And, uh, so Brother Joel will be over that away, uh, during this month. Uh, uh, speaking of that, uh, just, uh, uh lift him up in prayer. As uh, he travels, uh, <clears throat> looking at this particular scripture, I want to speak tonight on the subject of a man who didn't make a name for himself, a man who didn't make a name for himself, uh, all of you, everybody in here real quick, uh, you know, you're desiring to do the right thing and live for the right thing. You know, these, these these screens we have are a great help and everything. Good to look stuff up, see stuff, points and everything. So I need everybody who's got a Bible, lift it up right now. Everybody who's got a Bible, lift it up right now. I want you to make this promise between you and the Lord. You can put it down uh, between you and the Lord. Take that Bible, read it, make it your own. I believe in marking in a Bible. Make it your own. Uh, God did not inspire this paper right here. This paper is designed for you. This is a workshop. This is a desk. Work in it. Use it. Make it your own. The Bible, God's Word, is the living book. The Bible says, God's Word says, that it will never go away. It will always be here. It's eternal. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus Christ. And uh, so that's found in John chapter 1. The word was made flesh, but take this, eat it. The Bible says, talk about, you know, Ezekiel, eat the word, consume it. In the King James, it says the scroll and Ezekiel was to consume that scroll and eat the word. And so literally let it come inside you. Let it be a part of your life. Mark in your Bible, make it yours. And so that whenever somebody wants to pick it up, uh Miss Gerald and I have picked up many a Bible and opened them up and wondered who they belonged to. May that not be the case. Write your name in the Bible if it's not imprinted on the front and uh so put it in there that we' will know and as we picked up Bible wonder whose Bible this is. <laughs> we didn't know we picked up umbrellas, all sorts, hadn't we, miss Gerald, and all sorts of stuff over the years. And uh, so uh, pick it up. And so, but my point is make it your own. This fellow here, he loved God. He loved his word. But it's a fellow who is a man who didn't make a name for himself. Did you know there are several people in the Bible who qualify as nobodies? You know, Epaphroditus was a nobody for Jesus, which means this, you know, everybody knows about Paul and Moses and David and the big names in the Bible, Joseph. There's more about Joseph there, just unreal amount chapters and probably him and David, the two most verses and chapters about anybody in the Old Testament. And so it's just amazing about studying them and their life. And so looking at that, but there are nobodies, people behind the scenes, they never become famous, but they play a vital role in God's kingdom. Somebody said one time, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not as talented, but I'd like to go to work for the church. I'd like to do for the church, but it doesn't, the Bible, God, he's not interested in your uh, ability, but your availability, And that's what Epaphroditus was here. He made himself available. He was a nobody in our eyes because, did you know, besides this passage here in Philippians, Philippians is the only book he's mentioned in. Philippians and Philippians, but guess what? He was a somebody to Paul. <laughs> he might have been a nobody compared to you know a lot of people out there in the, the Bible world and church world have never heard of Epaphroditus. But he was a somebody to Paul. And I guarantee you, somebody is looking at you and saying, you know, you matter to me. But uh, we're going to look at some things. So why we do what we do. Epaphroditus was just that guy, a man who didn't make a name for himself, we don't find any other books written about him, no memorials, uh, no statues. He was a nobody who became a somebody, especially uh, to Paul. Think about he traveled all the way to Rome from Philippi to help Paul. This church sent him there. And looking at this passage here, we find out that he had a mission. And then he carried this letter. If you especially read in the last chapter, carried this letter all the way back to Philippi. So let's take a look at some of the things that this fellow does. Notice how Paul describes them. Number one, Paul says in verse 25 and 26 that Epaphroditus loved people. So he loved people. In verse 25, it says that, you know, I'm going to send Epaphroditus back to you. He's my brother And companion in labor. He loved helping Paul. As a matter of fact, and it says, he that ministered. Look at the end of verse 25. He that ministered to my wants. And so right there in verse 25, he loved helping Paul. But look at verse 26. And he longed after you all, full of heaviness, because you had heard that he had been sick. So not only did Epaphroditus, it says right there at the end of verse 25, he loved helping. He ministered to my wants. He helped me out. Oh, by the way, we've got to paint this picture. Where was Paul when he was doing all this and being helped by Epaphroditus? He's in jail. Remember us talking about being in jail? Paul is in jail. And along comes this church member. It'd be kind of like, a, you know, said, well... uh, Brother Martin, we gotta load you up again. Uh, Joel's down there and he's in jail. (laughs) We need you to go down there and sit in the waiting room at the jail and you gotta just, you gotta pack your own backpack and everything because they don't have a bed there in the waiting room at the jail and you're gonna stay there and guess what? He's gonna tell you because he didn't sit there. But Pamphroditus just didn't sit there. It says he ministered to my wants. Guess what? He's checking on churches and groups around Rome. Hey, I heard so-and-so over there had gotten saved. I got word back. So Paul, even in prison, was, he was operational. He's writing letters. He's written, how many prison epistles are there? Okay. There's several. And then also he's writing letters. And also he's sent hey, so-and-so, and there was a church at Rome. And he's, that's why he wrote the book of Romans. And so, Paul is busy there, and so you're going to be, Joel's going to be sending you out, and he's going to be checking on villages and stuff while you're there. That would be a modern-day account of this same thing. A church way off, way off somewhere that said, we love Paul, we love what he's doing, and he needs some help, and we've got a man in the church. A man in the church, and we really don't know much about him. But he's willing to work. And also, he loves the people back home. Now, how are we going to apply this to us? All of us. And that is, can you and I have these qualities? Can you and I be a servant leader in Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church? A servant leader. In other words, I'll lead by being an example. I'll be an example to my family. I'll be an example to... Uh, Uh, To other church members, how would you think of somebody in the church right now that you could go to and say, I want to encourage them to plug in? I want to encourage so if we're not encouraging anybody else in the church, if you're not lifting up anybody else in the church, we're either encouraging people or we're discouraging people. And, folks, God wants us to encourage people, to point people to Him, to lift them up. It mentions it all the time. Haven't you read in the, in the Bible, what does it say? Edify one another. What does the word edify mean? Build up. It means build up, which is, of course, another synonym for encourage. Yes, and so to encourage one another, that's what he was. He loved people. We can't have a church that loves the lost. Listen us me. Can you, matter of fact, this is just, it's, called, it's hypocritical. Do we truly love lost people if we don't love each other?
1: Ew.
0: Ouch. Can we truly love lost people? If we don't love each other, this fellow loved people. He loved Paul. He said, man, he's helping Paul. He's staying with him. Matter of fact, we find out that he says, I've got a debt. And we don't know. The, the Bible never tells us what kind of sickness he has. Well, it's just he has got a deadly case of the flu. He's dying. He's dehydrating. Pneumonia sets in. He's got it all. And the Bible says he did it. And people, y'all know people. People who won't slow down. This is the type of he is, I'm going to be a servant. Have you ever known somebody that gets a, a head cold? Oh, I'm fine. They never slow down. They never take care of themselves. They don't drink enough water. They don't take their vitamins. They don't eat right. But I'm working for the Lord. I'm doing this or I'm doing that. They don't. And they don't. And guess what? Epaphroditus is that away. And it says it in the verses that we're about to read, he worked himself Almost to death, which basically meant this he's doing and doing, and doing. He's not thinking about himself, which is what I mentioned this morning. J.O.Y. Jesus, others and you to have that as our order. So he will. He loved people. He loved Paul and he loved his church family back at uh, Philippi. Also, he's a risk taker. In verse 25, there's a key phrase. He said, he is my, verse 25, he's my fellow soldier. Okay? And in verse 30, it says that for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death. Not regarding his life. You see that in verse 30? Which, this tells me a lot about this man. He's my, my, in verse 25, my brother and my companion, my fellow soldier in a spiritual battle. He's a church member. Giving their all a risk taker means this, is that I'll try. May, I may, my, I may not do it very good, but I'll try. But somebody says, well, I don't want to try because I'm afraid I'll fail. What's the old saying? We try and fail or we fail to ever try. Church Churches that are dying fit that latter category. I fail to ever try. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think I, somebody else might need to do that. I'm somebody else might be better qualified. Somebody else, somebody, and then nobody does it. And nobody ever tries to win the loss. Nobody ever tries to invite somebody to church. Brother Joel said, and this is a neat analogy. We were talking about these uh, lost kids that went to visit this saved tribal jungle and, uh, in the class earlier. And, uh, he said they just had their fall festival, uh, over at Faith, which is, he's just living in their parking lot at the mission home that they have there. And, uh, which we're so thankful for that Brother Joel has a nice place to stay while he's here and everything. But he said they had a ton of lost people at their fall festival, which is great. We need to have lost people at our fall festival and lost people in church. And he said lost people in, North Little Rock are a whole lot different than lost people in Ashley County. Hmm. (laughs) I said, yeah, I would imagine lost people in North Little Rock are a whole lot different than Ashley County. But you know what? Lost people are still lost people. And they need Jesus Christ. So what was Epaphroditus? He, He loved people. He took risks. And he was a tireless worker. Back to verse 30. He said, uh... Because for the work of Christ, most people think that uh, Trey and I work three hours a week and uh, just and just come hang with us sometime all right <laughs> and uh, you can, you can write a paper for him, and uh, we can go about and getting sermons together and visiting uh, people and checking on people, and making phone calls and and what burdens my heart, especially in this last year, is uh is you know, my, really a burden to me because I grew up in a broken home. And it's marriages that are struggling, even in our church. And it really burdens my heart. Lot, lots of marriage counseling this year. And uh, 10 p.m. at night, 11 p.m. at night, marriage counseling. Hmm. Preachers never go off the clock. <laughs> a lot of people who know preachers and grew up in the homes of preachers. Uh, There's no set hours, but the work, this fellow here, it says for the work of Christ. If you really care about lost people, we'll contact them. We'll let them know. We'll bring them to church. It says also in verse 27, look at verse 27. So he didn't regard his life for the work's sake, but in verse 27, it says, indeed, he was nigh sick unto death, which basically this, that Paul it says this, really appreciated this guy. Verse 27, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him only, but on me. Why? Me. Lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. What was Paul's first sorrow? That my buddy is sick. And then I, the second sorrow would been what if I would had to preach his funeral service? He didn't want to have sorrow upon sorrow. And then, of course... We find out that later on, of course, that he, he's going to send him. Verse, uh, Look at verse 28, this tireless worker. He says that, uh, I sent him, therefore, the more carefully, which uh, at first, when I first read that, I said, well, it means, uh, I thought, he said, Epaphroditus, uh, I'm sending you back to Philippi here after a while, and you need to be careful. <laughs> But the word careful there actually means with haste. I send him back more speedily. I send him back immediately, eagerly, and hastily. So, in other words, I send him back as soon as I could. So that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Uh, Okay, we're painting this picture of Epaphroditus, a fellow who's a tireless worker. He loved people uh, and he worked hard and he's behind the scenes. This is a fellow who says, I don't care if anybody brags on me. It doesn't matter about getting attention. If you know of anybody in our church that may be an Epaphroditus worker, which means this, I'll do whatever it takes I don't deserve attention, but we all, did y'all know, all of us, all of us still live in the flesh. We're still here. We still have a sinful flesh, but here's what happens to an Epaphroditus worker in our church. Now we all need, remember, we all need to encourage one another and lift one another up, but here's what happens. Somebody's rocking along and they've been working for years in promised land, missionary Baptist church. They've been. Uh, doing this or doing that behind the scenes. And they don't, and it doesn't bother them that nobody has thanked them in years. But they've been teaching for years. They've been doing this for years and putting this there and doing that. And, uh, you know why? Because I'm doing it for the Lord. But here's the kicker. Here's before the flesh comes in. Somebody else comes into the church. And maybe gets some attention. And then there's an animal that comes up inside of any of us. And it's called jealousy. And say, wait a second. Wait a second. I've been working for 30 years. And and they're getting pats on the back. And they're getting thanked. And, and somebody, don't they know I've been doing that longer than they've been alive? Or I've been doing this. You know what I mean? But all, folks, that's what Epaphroditus was about. Was about saying, you know what? Even if other people get a pat on the back or get credit, I've got to keep my flesh down. I've got to keep my flesh. And I don't need to say, well, I'm doing this so I get attention. Now, sure, we all need encouragement. We all need pats on the back. And encouragement and pats on the back and thank yous are good. But will we stop if we don't get them? Will we stop if we don't get, if somebody doesn't thank us, or if somebody forgets to pat us on the back, or if somebody forgets to recognize us for all the years of service that we've done? Do you see what I mean? We don't know whether we have three years, or 30 years, or 300 years to serve the Lord. But God called us. Listen to this. Somebody will say, Well, that's not fair. That's not fair. What if, now I've talked to preachers and missionaries that have pastored in places in the back side of nowhere. And think about this. What if God asked you, he said, I've got a a very important job for whether it be a preacher or whether it be Brother Trey or myself or you. What if God says, I've got an important job for you, but you're going to serve me and nobody will ever know That you did it. You're just going to kind of serve in that background. But it's the role I have for you. And you say, wait a second. Do you have another role? (laughs) I don't know if I want that job. Because I'd like at least a little bit of, you know, my self-esteem, just a little bit of encouragement. What if God ever, do you all think anybody, God has ever asked anybody to serve in obscurity? I think he has. I think there's a lot of great saints who've done a lot of great things and nobody knows who they are. Hmm? This guy, he's got just a handful of verses about him. We found him, didn't we? Well, lastly, he was a servant leader. In our text, uh, he was a servant because if we go... Back to verse 25, again it says, He ministered to my wants. You know what this guy is? Oh, by the way, by the way, it says, in back in. back if you compare the end of verse 25 to 29, it says, Receive him therefore, verse 29, therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Number one, probably back at the church at Ephesus, This guy was a leader in the community, a leader, and it doesn't even say anything about him being a preacher. He's just a leader in the church who says, I'll put the work apron on, and I'll go out there and do what Paul needs. And he did it. It says he ministered to Paul. So he was a servant there, but a leader where? Back home. Now, here's what I'm asking you. Here's what I'm asking you. Being a spiritual leader in our church, what kind of example do we set at church and at home? What kind of example do we set at church? And because that's what this fellow was, he was such an example that he said, Paul said, when he gets back, receive him with gladness, your messenger. Matter of fact, the word messenger there is a very interesting word. In verse 25, the word messenger means apostle means one sin on another's behalf. What an example. So receive him with gladness. The word gladness means great joy. Throw him a party. That's what it says in verse 29. Receive him with gladness. Great joy. Throw him a party. And then it says lastly. Holds in verse 29. Hold such in reputation. Which means honorable and valued May we Be willing And a lot of people say Well you know what I've served in promised land a long time it's, it's time for somebody else To Step up and do what I've been doing But maybe It's even better to say You know what I'd like to bring somebody along Instead of stepping out of the way your wisdom and insight, huge. So you know what? I'd like to be an encourager, somebody to work alongside of me. Our teachers, getting other. So many of our classes now, now I'm hearing about are sharing the class. Teaching, sharing the class. You know what you're doing? You're preparing the class for future generations. If you're bringing somebody else along with you, mentoring somebody else beside you, don't say, hey, take over my job. Say, let's work together and serve the Lord together, side by side. That's what He did. Great example for us. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, whatever the Lord may be laying upon your heart tonight, maybe you say, well, you know what, I, I just need to, I need, to, speaking of repentance, I need to repent and say, I, I, I need to, I need to have my head right with the Lord, and I need to serve Him with no expectations. I just need to serve Him. And I'll put on the work apron, and I'll go to work. I don't have to. Sure, thank yous are nice, but that's not the reason I do it. That's kind of what He was.